Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Life and Torah of Our Leaders. <coughs> Tuesday mornings live at 11.30 with First Seder Bismedrish. Special welcome to our Torah Anytime viewers and listeners who will join us, Bez Hashem, for the Shir. <coughs> Today we are going to talk about the Ramah, Ramoshe Israelis. The Ramah's yard site was on Lag Boimer, Yudches Iyar. He was nifter in the year Shin Lamed Beis, 1572, which makes it this past Friday, Lag Boimer was his 449th yard site. <coughs> Who was the Ramah? So we have to go back a little bit. His grandfather was named Rabbi Yosef, who is a very prominent and wealthy um, leader in the city of Krakow, who was married to a woman named Gittel, the daughter of Ramosha Orbach, who was also one of the leaders and wealthy people in Krakow. And she brought into the marriage um, a, a tremendous wealth. And uh, she was a big bala sedaka. She would give out um, enormous sums to poor people. It says on her matseva, Nediva Laniim that she gave to Aniim to poor people graciously <clears throat> um, all the days of her life. So Rabbi Yosef and his rabbits in Gittel had a son named Rabbi Yisrael. Had a few sons, but we're going to focus on Rabbi Yisrael, the father of the Ramah. The mother of the Ramah, Rabbi Yisrael's wife, her name was Malkadina, and she was the daughter of someone named Rabbi Lazar Sharnitzel. And this Rabbi Lazar was a son-in-law of Rabbi Chiel Luria. Rabbi Chiel Luria was the first Rav in Brisk of Lita, and he was an anical of Rashi. And I just want to point out that we have come across the Ramah's life already from two other Gedolim. We have come across his life with Rabbi Shalom Shachna of Lublin, his father-in-law, and we have also come across the Ramah through his cousin, as we'll see in a second, the Marshal, Rabbi Shloim Aluria. And um, we're going to try today not to overlap and repeat the things that we said in those two shiurim, which were in Kislev, both of them, Rabbi Shalom Shachna and the Marshal, are both yard sites in Kislev. We're going to try not to overlap too much um, of the information that we mentioned there with the Ramah. So Rabbi Chiel Luria was also the grandfather or the great-grandfather of the Marshal. So since the Ramah and the Marshal shared this great-grandfather Rabbi Chiel, so that's why in their letters and their correspondence to each other, they call each other She'eri, my relative. Um, there was another family relationship uh, later on. The Ramah's brother, Rabbi Lazar, actually married the daughter of the Marshal. So they became a little bit mechutanim as well. But um, he always calls him, he doesn't call him Mechutani, he calls him She'eri, my, my blood relative. There was another great-grandson of Rabbi Chiel, Luria, um, that was a, another cousin to the Marshal and the Ramah, was the Marami Padva, also from the famous Paiskim. And um, he was also from, from that family, and that's why they also both refer to the Marami Padva also as She'eri, as my relative. Now, in the preface to Darke Moshe, the Ramaz Pirish on the tour, he speaks about his father there, 
and he writes, he be, begins the, the Akdam, and he writes, My father was, num which is based on a Pasuk in Mishlei Perak Lamid, where Shleimah HaMelech refers to himself as Uchal Vital, the one who's able to provide for others, and Hashem is with him. It's a way of explaining that he was a very chash of a prominent person um, in Kla Yisrael. And he writes that he was mefarnis in manig v'kilkol dairoi kiyukusil, and he fed and he took care of his generation like yukusil, like yukusil, referring to Moshe Rabbeinu. <coughs> so the Rama is saying about his father that he was a very prominent person in Klal Yisrael. People needed his eitzes. People needed things from him. And in different places, when he signs his name, like on, on Chuvas, he writes, Ben, to my father, Moiri HaKotzin, the officer. Um, in one place, he calls him Roish Viravli Yisrael. So he was a very prominent person, this Rabbi Yisrael. So much so that in the year 1551, the king of Poland actually gave permission to two Jews from Krakow that they were allowed to go do business in Vilna, Without any, uh, they didn't need any permits or anything from the local, you know, uh, governors or the local uh, uh, um, city um, officials. The two people were given like free reign because they must have been very prominent, not only in the government and in business, and they were prominent people. One of them was Rabbi Yisrael, the father of the Ramah. Now the Ramah quotes his father a few times. <coughs> Excuse me, in Darke Moshe, in Simon Tov Dalit, in the Halachas, of Tchumen, and he's talking about Tchumen um, going on a boat on Shabbos and being uh, above ten Tvachim. Are you in the Tchum? Are you outside the Tchum? So he writes, I heard from my father, Shin Nun, which stands like Sheyich Yoynetzach, he shall live forever, or for a long time, that one time he was on a boat on Shabbos, and he was trying to figure a way, way um, of getting off the boat on Shabbos. Not so simple to get off the boat, you're going outside the Tchum. So he made a little trick. The Ramos father came up with a chap, and he stood by the edge of the boat where the uh, where you exit the boat. And the Goyim who wanted to get off the boat, they're like, "What are you doing? You're blocking the way." And they pushed pushed him off the boat onto the pier. So in this way, he was able to get off the boat without actually getting off the boat. So the Ramah writes, it's a good trick. However, the problem is, once he gets off the boat, he still can't move out of his Dalit Amas because Lamaisa, he's outside the Tchum. But for getting off the boat, it was a good trick. In Ocha Shabbos, in Shin Chaf, he writes, I heard from my father, who heard from Rabbi Avram Mintz, that a person is not allowed to put red wine into white wine on Shabbos because you're coloring the wine. It's Seveya. Um, but that, but says the Ramah over there, according to the Urayim, nearer that it's mutter. And that's a machlaikis tak in Shulchan Aruch, if you're allowed to do that. Um, the halach is it's mutter, but I think it's brought down to be nizer, there's a need to be nizer, um, to put the white into the red, so you're not really coloring it. But that's a psak that the Ramah said, b'shem his father, b'shem Rebbe Avram Mintz. Um, in his Sefer, Tairus Ha'ila, as we'll talk about that Sefer a little later in the Shir, he also brings from his father there, he writes, he's talking about the, the thousands, tens of thousands of karbanas that Shleimah HaMelech brought at the Chanukah's base Hamikdash, and he says, it's been about 15 years that a guy asked my father, what was Shleimah HaMelech's kavana, what was his intention with all these karbanas? And the, and the, and the guy said in a mocking way, for sure, the whole Eretz Yisrael probably stunk from all the 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 uh, the, the aroma, the stench of the burning flesh on the mizbeach. 
and the burning meat on the Mizbeach, probably the whole Eretz Yisrael stunk from it. So there's another place where he brought that a guy was already asking his father questions in, uh, in Yiddishkeit. So now we come to the Ramah himself, Ramosha. Ramosha was born in the year Reish Sadi, which would be 1530, maybe a couple years before that. There's not an exact date of his birth, but around that neighborhood between 1525 and 1530. Now his last name is known as Iserlish, or Iserlis. So where did that name come from? Um, so the Pashup Shad is his father's name was Yisrael, and Iser is like a nickname for Yisrael. A lot of times they go together, Yisrael, Iser, nowadays. So we've had this before. Iserlish means the one who belongs to Iser. We've had this concept numerous times with Gedolim. Some say his father's nickname was actually Iserl Lazarish. I don't know where the laser came from, um, because his father's name wasn't Laser, it was Rabbi Yosef, but that's what, he, that's what his nickname was. And when you put the two names together, Israel Laserish, you put them together, it becomes Israelish. And it's an interesting thing, because if you go through the Chuvas of the Ramah, you'll find that the, in the beginning, the earlier Chuvas, he signs his name Moshe, Ben to my father Yisrael, Hamachuna, whose nickname is Moshe Israelish Mikrako. So he's saying, My nickname is Moshe Israelish. Later on, he calls himself Moshe Hanikra Moshe Mi Israelish. I'm Moshe, the son of my father, who's called. So it went from like nickname to being called. And eventually, in the later Chuvas, he just signs his name Moshe Israelish. So it became like his name. And, and it's interesting because um, even his father who it really doesn't make sense why his name should be Israelish. These are all reasons why um, Ramosha should be called the one who belongs to Isser. But his father eventually was also called Israelish because in the uh, Pincus of the Hebra Kadisha or the Pincus in the Shul for the Ramah's sister, it calls her Miriam Bela, Bas HaKatzin, Rabbi Yisrael Israelish, as if his father also got, got this name Israelish. So it's just interesting the progression of this name, um, this nickname of Israelish. <clears throat> his father clearly gave him Ma'avas HaTayra, a love of Torah, a love of Limar HaTayra. In a tshuva to the Marshal, he writes, Kol misave, All my life, all I desired was the Shulchan Shirabanan, to be at the table of the Rabbanan, to, to, to drink from their waters, to, to, to look into their barrels, to talk to them. And now I have the table in front of you. He's saying to the marshal, I'm able to talk to you in learning. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying, I'm benefiting from you. As if I'm benefiting from the Shechina itself. As we know, he was sent to learn in Lublin, in the yeshiva of Shalom Shachna. So he went from Krakow to Lublin to the yeshiva of Shalom Shachna. And eventually he married the daughter of Rav Shalom Shachna. Her name was Golda. Now, <clears throat> we don't know exactly what year he went there. We don't know how long he was there. However, we do know that in the year um, Shin Yud, which would be 1550, so according to if he was born in 1530, he was all of 20 years old, we know that he was already back in Krakow. And not just back in Krakow, he was already someone in the world of Torah to be reckoned with. If he was born 1525, so he was 25 years old, he was a young man because there's a famous tshuva in Simen Yud that he wrote to the Marami Padva, his cousin, 
and the Maram Padva had printed a uh, um, a set of Mishnah Tairla Harambam. He was the, the printer. And it seems a guy came along and also printed a set. And the Maram Padva felt that it was an infringement on his copyright, and he felt that Jews should only buy from him. And the Ramah wrote a long tshuva about it, a fascinating tshuva, where he goes through different reasons why he could only buy from, the, from a Jew. He talks about supporting Jewish stores um, in my shiurim that I give him my shul, Yerucha, on Chayshem Ishmael, business halacha. We went through part of that tshuva when it comes to even spending extra money to, to, um, to buy from a Jewish store, even though it's cheaper to buy from a Gaisha store. The Ramah talks about it in that tshuva, and he actually put out a cherem that no one should buy the Rambam from this guy. So this is in Shin Yud, um, is signed this tshuva. So not only was he back in Krakow, he was already writing and putting up a cherem against people who buy from the, from the guy Yisha Rambam. You see that at this young age, he was already someone to be reckoned with. Um, in Krakow, he became a Rosh Hashiva, and he became one of the leaders of the community. At that time, Krakow did not have a, like a chief rabbi, a rabbi of the city, the Talmud HaChamim, who had yeshivas there, they ran the community. Now, even though he was so young, he became, so to speak, like the Rav of the city. Um, and in fact, in Akdama, the preface to Darke Maisha, he writes, Vani Narayisi, he says, I was young, Vadayin Loizakanti, and I wasn't old yet, Valacherim Nismanesi, and I was appointed over others, Lahiris Larabim, to teach and to, and to paskin for, for the people. So as a young person, he was already the Rosh Hashiva and considered like the Rav of the city. Now, how do we know he was considered like the Rav of the city? Because in Shin Yud Beis, which is two years later, and according to our Cheshbon, he was about 22 years old, um, in Darkei Moshe, in Yaredea Shimon Sadialof in Hilchas Havelos, <coughs> the Ramah is handling halacha there about an Avel going into a Suda. And his question is, is he allowed to go to a chuppah? Because at a chuppah, you recite the Sheva Brachis and the Birchas Eresin. Is it a problem for an Avil to be at that uh, ceremony? Or is it only a problem of being at a Suda that has the Simcha with the Brachas? So the Ramah writes over there, Kvar al Yodi, I had a story with myself. When I was a, a, a mourner, I was an oval for my mother. And as we'll see in a moment, that was in the year Shin Yud Beis, 1552. And I went and I actually said the Birchas Ha'erusin under the Chuppah, meaning he was the Masader Kedushin. And that's what he writes. Like the Rav of a city is Mavarech. So he's saying about himself that I said the brachis, that I was the Masada Kedushin, like the Rav of the city, and in many places in Europe for years, it was only the Rav of the city, was Masada Kedushin. So you see in Shin Yud Beis, he was considering himself as the Rav of the city. And he writes, I relied on the words of the Maram, and he says, I wrote to my cousin, the Maram Mipadva, and he agreed to me that I was allowed to, I was allowed to be the Masada Kedushin. So let's talk about the year Shin Yud Beis, 1552. So on Asura Betavis of that year, his mother was Nifter. Malkadina was, Rebetzin Malkadina was Nifter. Um, about six, seven months later, on Yud Aleph Sivan, his own wife, Golda, the daughter of Reb Shalom Shachna, was Nifter. 
On her mat, she was only 20 years old. On her mat, it's written Harabonis, the rabbit's in. So again, you see in Shinyud Bays, someone considered her the Rabbonis. And that was Yud Aleph Sivan, so her yard site's coming up uh, pretty soon. Um, and on Chav Zayin Sivan, a mere two and a half weeks later, his grandmother, Gittel, um, Gittel was Rabbi Yosef's wife, she was Nifter as well. So Shinyud Bays was a tough year for the Ramah, his mother, his, rabbi, his wife, and then his grandmother. There was a, a terrible Magefa, um, a, 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 a pandemic in Krakow, from the year, from Hey Ear Shin Yud Aleph, 1551, until a year later, Yud Aleph Sivan Shin Yud Beis is when his wife was nifter. For that year and a little bit, 13 months, um, there, there was a Magefa and many people died. I just have to put things in context here. You know, when we think about a lot of people dying, we think about numbers that we hear today in, uh, you know, in COVID, how many people died or things like that. Um, and when we think about cities, we think about very big cities. You know, Krakow being a very big city, how many people lived in Krakow already? So it's interesting because they write that in a normal year in Krakow, maybe 25, 26 people would be nifter in a normal year. So, and then in this year, the, the year of the Magefa, 220 people were nifter. So again, I don't know how big Krakow was. But I don't think it was, you know, tens of hundreds of thousands of people. If you're saying, you know, 220 was a, a pandemic and people were, were dying and they families were dying. They write it was unbelievable the amount of people died over the year. So just to put things into perspective of size. Um, and, and his wife's Matseva, it was written, she died, Yudal Sivan. habahala was like this tumul, this, this, this tumul, the bahala, this rush um, that, that she was nifter. So... Uh, it's possible it means because she was nifter in the in the pandemic. It's not clear that she was, but uh, maybe she was sick for a short amount of time. But it was written, it sounds like she was plucked um, at a young age. Um, very quickly, um, she was nifter. When we spoke about Shalom Shachna, we said the hespit that the Ramah said on his wife, and he brought a pasuk in Malachim, and basically he said that the ground that was cursed, when it, it, it uh, accepted, it was Mechabal, the dumb of Hevel, in Parshas Bereshis, got a takana when it when it accepted the kvura of Harabonis Bas Hamelech, the Rebetzin, the daughter of Reb Shalom Shachna. That was the hesped he said on his wife. She was such a chash of a person that the ground is going to get some type of tikkun with her burial. In the year Shin Yud Gimel, a year later, his father, using the um, the 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 wealth that his wife, the Ramah's mother, had left to him. Um, after she was nifter, he built a shul, and on the wall of the shul, it's engraved in there, Bana Minichse Azvaina, that Rabbi Yisrael built the shul from Le'ili Nishmas Lezecher Ishtay, in memory of his wife, and he used her money that she had left over her estate to build the shul. He had built it, it was built out of wood, and it wasn't long that there was a fire in the Jewish quarter in Krakow, and, um, the shul burned down, and a few years later he rebuilt it again, made out of stone, and it was at that time began to be used for the yeshiva of the Ramah, and that's why it's called Adayi Mazed, the Beis HaKnesis of the Ramah, the shul of the Ramah, because that's there where the Ramah taught Torah. In the Hakdama to Darkei Moshe, he writes, Ishu Krakow, there was a man in Krakow, Ushma Yisrael, and his name was Yisrael, Asher Nadva Rucha Yuvana Beis HaKnesis Lekel, so and he had, uh, had 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 built a shul for Hashem. 
So it, clearly that was a very big thing. The Ramah is highlighting that his father built this shul. Now in uh, Krakow, I was there a few years ago, on the front wall to the right, on like the Mizrach wall, to the right of the Arna Kaidesh, there is a engraved into the wall that says, we have a Kabbalah tradition that on this place, this is where the Ramah stood, when he would daven in front of Hashem to the right of the of the uh, of the Arna Kaidesh. Um, this in this shul there's Akbada to the only daven Ashkenaz, out covered for the Ramah, even big Hasidish Rebbes and 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 people who Mekubalim who always daven Sfard. It's a it's 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 Mekubal for hundreds of years in the world that when you go to the Beis Haknesses Haramah. And there you only daven Ashkenaz for the covered of the Ramah. The Ramah remarried soon within the year of his wife. He married his second wife, was the sister of Rabbi Yosef Katz, the author of the Sheiris Yosef, who also had a yeshiva in Krakow and was one of the Manhigim of Krakow. And we've mentioned the Sheiris Yosef in numerous shurim as well, with the Marshal, with other Gedolim of that time, who he, who, um, he had, uh, who he had um, correspondence with. In the Bezdin of Krakow, there were three members. The oldest one was Reb Moshe Landau, Landau, and the Ramah calls him in numerous chuvas, Ha'echad Ha'yoshish the elderly one. And he always let on any letter, Reb Moshe Landau was the first signature on the Bezdin letters. Then was Reb Yosef Katz, his brother-in-law, and then was the Ramah himself. Now, even though the Ramah was the Av Bezdin, he signed last because Reb Moshe was the oldest, and he gave deference to his brother-in-law, Reb Yosef Katz, and he signed most of the time the last time. And this was a very prominent Bezdin in Europe. Um, Rav Kalman from the city of Worms, Rav Kalman of Ramayja, in Chuvas Ramah, Simon Tezvav, talks about a story there that happened, and they sa- he says, we finally sent it to the, tru- the three Rayam Abirim, the strong shepherds, Nemanim, the trustworthy ones, Hanim Tzoyim B'Kraka Habira, who are found in the capital city, Kraka. As we said, the Ramah had a yeshiva, the Ramah had a yeshiva for 22 years in, in, in Krakow, and he had many Talmidim, from his prominent Talmidim was the Lavush, Ramard Chayafa, who we talked about uh, a few uh, a while ago. Reb David Gans, who wrote a Sefer Tzemach David, we've mentioned him also. He was a little bit of a historian. The Masas Binyamin, we've mentioned him as well in numerous, uh, in numerous shurim. The Sma and the father of the Shla, these were some of the prominent Talmidim of, of the Ramah. Now the Ramah also took care of the Gashmias of the Talmidim. The Ramah was Teirug Dula B'Makam Echad, as the Marshal writes about him, Zochel Ishnei Lamas Bechayim, in Shuvas Ramah Simen Samach, the Marshal writes, he was Zochel to both worlds, he had Teira and he had wealth, as we saw he came from many wealthy families, both sides of the families, his father, his mother, his grandfather, his grandmother, very wealthy. In one of the Chuvas in Kuftas, he writes, Hanitzonim Niru Varet, it's uh, the blossoms are being seen in the ground, who are they, the Talmidim? Zman ha-tayra it's time to learn Torah. V'nishma b'artzeinu, what does that mean? He says, it's coming closer, Ashchaydish Cheshvan, that the Talmidim are coming to start to learn. And <coughs> the Ramah says, Sorachani lahafsik, so I have to stop, I can't continue to write, Ulahamsi sipu kabacharim, I have to take care of their needs. V'heimatridim, I see, it's a big bother for me, it takes a lot of my time, but this is what I'm doing. And even after they left the yeshiva, there's chuvas that they wrote to him. 
um, one of the Talmidim writes to him um, and says that in Shuva Simukufya Gimel, he says, I'm asking you, please answer my questions. He says, if I wa- since I'm not Zaycha to learn from you, I can't learn from you face to face, but at least answer the questions um, that I have. And um, it's interesting, it seems that a lot of Talmidim um, wrote to him about the learning the Mardchai. The Mardchai, it seems that the, the Ramo would learn the Mardchai on the back of the Gemari of the Mardchai is like the Psakim. He would learn it Allah Seder, he would learn it in order, and he would go over it many times, and he had uh, and he had Aris, and he had edits that he put into it, and the Talmidim, it seems, would write all this down, they'd go back home, then they would have questions, and they would send him questions, and he would send them answers. Um, many times when he when he refers to his Talmidim, he calls them my Talmud, but he also calls them Amisi, Chaveirai, my, 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 my friends. Um, a, there was a lot of love between him and his Talmidim. Um, <clears throat> like we said, he was very rich, and he gave a lot of tzedakah. It says he, 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 um, it's, it's, or puzzle he spread out his tzedakah to the poor people, it's brought down by one of the people from Krakow that they wrote this after his death, and they said there's no way to even say all the tzedakah that he did. He was the father for Yesayman Amonas. He was the one who took care of Chal Agmei Nefesh, anyone who was troubled, anyone who had Saru Matzak, anything, Shafach Lefanei Sichai would go to him and pour out their heart, and he would help him out um, as much as he was able to. And in fact, on his Matzeva, it says, Sidkas Hashem also, Mishpatav in Yisrael, Sidkas Hashem, the Tztaka of Hashem, he did, that's referring to the Tztaka that the, um, that the Ramah um, did. Now, <clears throat> There is a famous story about a chasana on Shabbos. In Shin Lametes, in Shulchan Aruch, there's a famous Ramah about making, uh, getting married on Shabbos. Even though one's not allowed to get married, Midrabanan on Shabbos, um, there are those who are mater, he writes, and he says, even though we don't hold like that, but we can be soimach on this in a shas because sometimes kavod habriyas is very great. And it's a biush l'kala l'chassan, it might be an embarrassment to the chassan and kala, so therefore we'll allow them to get married. And this is a famous story that's in Shuvah Saramah that made waves throughout the world, um, or at least the Torah world. And there was a kala who was Yisayman, it's a long story, but the basic is thing is that she was ready to go to the chuppah, she even had her veil on, and they were busy which with, the, with the dowry, there was a fight and there was an argument. And the Ramah says until an hour and a half after Shkia, an hour and a half into the nighttime. I assume it's after Shkia, maybe it's after Tzais. He says, an hour and a half Balayla. In the back of the Gemara, a Masechta Be'ah, all the way at the end of the Mardchai, almost like the last page of the Gemara, there is something on the bottom there called Chidushe Anche Shem. And one of his Talmidim, the Ramah, he writes an eyewitness account, he was there. And he writes that it was about two hours after the night time. And the Arach HaShulchan in Shem Lamites also says the story happened with the Ramah. And he says about two hours into the night. And in fact, the Ramah was insistent. He did not let them start Mayrev in his shul until this was taken care of. So I guess usually Dav and Mayrev at nightfall, two hours they were waiting um, until this thing was taken care of. And then they Dav And uh, in the Chuvas he starts off and he says... I hear a big noise. That they that they put out a a a a, a, a voice in the in the camp. Meaning, look after Moshe. Look what he's doing. He did something wrong, and he explains why he allowed them to have the chasana. 
And um, even though it was already nighttime, he allowed them to make the chasana. And it seems that uh, many people didn't agree with it. And in fact, after that, they made a takon in Krakow that you're not allowed to get married on Friday. In order that... Um, in order that they should never come to this problem again. And the Aruch HaShulchan says that anyone in any other city who can make such a takana, so you don't get yourself involved in having to, uh, being late uh, during the day and having to have problems with getting married on Shabbos. Um, in, in Krakow, if there was a need to make a chasana on Erev Shabbos, they would do it outside of the city. In other words, this was in the old city of Krakow, and, you know, as the city got bigger and, and they made new neighborhoods outside the old city, so the takana didn't necessarily apply outside the city, um, the, the old city. They still tried not to have uh, chasanas on, on Friday, but if it was necessary, they would do it outside the city. Now let's talk about the svarim of the Ramah. So the first sefer he wrote was in the year um, <clears throat> was in the year Shin Yudvav, Shin Yudvav, Shin Tezayin, and um, he wrote the sefer Mechir Yayin on Megillas Esther. It's basically Megillas Esther through the lens of like a mushal, um, through like a mushal, and he wrote it when he was in the year he was in a city called Shidlov, and um, so this is in fifteen seventy six, I guess. Um, and, um, or 1570, 70, Shin is Shin, is Shin, is Shin Yeah, so 1576, he wrote it when the year Shidlov, because he writes that we had to leave Krakow because Ipush Ha'avir, um, the cholera epidemic was at that time, and, uh, the, the air was, was lethal, so they had to leave and go out to different uh, country cities to be there. And he writes, There's nothing here. There's almost nothing to drink here. And there was no food, and there was no shalach manis, and there was no wine to drink. So he sent it to his father. He wrote the Sefer, and he sent it to his father as Mishleach Manas. And it was like, and It was like, a, instead of wine. It was like the cost of wine, it was instead of wine. So that was the first Sefer that he wrote. Then he wrote a Sefer called, Teres Ha'ila. And that explains the reason for Karbanas and the different measurements of the Beis Hamikdash and the size of the Beis Hamikdash. And we uh, mentioned the Sefer before when he was talking about the Karbanas that Shleim HaMelech brought by the Chanukah Habayis, how the guy asked him um, why there were so many, asked his father why there were so many Karbanas. His next Sefer was Teres Chatas. Teres Chatas is Halachas of Isr Veheter. And um, it's based on the Sefer of the Shari Dura, which is an earlier Sefer from the Rishainim that he says was written very pikitzer, very short. And he says for the people of his generation who were G'daylam and Chachamim, they were able to understand it. But, um, but he wrote, he wrote uh, the Teres Chattas to explain the Halachas in an in a easier fashion for his generation, the Ramah. And he called it Teres Chattas, even though it has nothing to do with Kachim, it has to do with Basar B'chalav and Trefus and Isr Vahetar. He says, because maybe Chas V'shalom, I made a mistake in Apsak, and this will be the Tikkun, because Torah could be misakin like a carbon. So Torah's chatos, this is my chatos. The limer ha-Torah is my chatos, if I chas v'shalom ever made a mistake. Now, <clears throat> this is where he got into a lot of arguments between him and the marshal. And that's why you find many times in Shulchan Aruch, when you find the Shach or the Taz, they bring down ha-marshal b'isr v'hetr shaloi. In his, <coughs> in his Sefer Isr v'hetr, he argues on the Ramah, and we talked about this um, when we talked about the Marshal in Kislev. 
Um, and in fact, um, the Ramah himself actually argues in Teres Chatas on many of the Psakim of the Marshal. Now, on one famous Machlaikas that they had in Hilchas Malicha, the Ramah argues very stark on him, and he writes, I'm writing this, to show that the certain Chacham was incorrect. But he didn't say his name beferish. He didn't say the Mashal's name. In the Mashal Sefer Yam Shoshloim Achul in Perak Aleph Simen Chavtes, he brings down that he saw that, and he didn't think it was talking about him, till his Talmidim told him that the Ramah was referring to him. And he was very upset. And he met. he says, I met the Ramah, and the Ramah says, yes, I meant you. And the Marshal says, what do you mean? You didn't look at my Sefer, you didn't look at my this, you didn't, you didn't look at my Yam Shoshloimai, how could you say that I said that? It seems that the Marshal may have been Chayzer on what initially the Ramah had seen from him. And the Ramah tells him, well, what's it bothering you so much? He says, I never mentioned your name specifically, so what's the big deal? If, if, if you know, Why are you getting so upset? But the Marshal was still very upset, and he writes himself, And now it grew like a, a mountain, a hill, a mound between us. And he left. Then he was Nifter. And the Marshal over there goes to write, and he says, Maybe his children or his Talmidim are going to think that I was wrong, or that I said it incorrectly, and the Ramah was right. So he writes al Shtikl to explain what, uh, what he meant. But it seems, even though we mentioned by the Marshal, that they had a lot of uh, covet for each other, but this t- seems, this machlaika seemed to have been, as he writes himself, it seems to have been a, a sticky point uh, between them. The, Mar- the Maramah himself addresses this in Kuflam and Beis, and he addresses that the Marshal is upset at him, and he says, He says, I don't understand why he's upset. I was had Rachmanis on Kavad Atayra. I didn't say his name, I just said Chacham Echad. I had to say the Psak, I didn't want people to, to, to make a mistake, but I don't know why he's so upset. Now, the Shla writes that even though the Marshal, the Marshal was the Basra, meaning he came after the Ramah, he saw the Ramah's Tereshchatos, and still he argued on many things in Paskin. So normally the Halacha should be you follow the Basra, the later one. The, uh, the Shla writes, um, Nispashe Bitfusis Yisrael B'chutzlaretz. It has been widespread all over Kla Yisrael and Chutzlaretz. He says in Poland, in Bohemia, in Moravia, in Ashkenaz, we paskin like the Ramah. Now, the Maral had a brother named Reb Chaim, who learned also from Shalom Shachna's Yeshiva at the same time as the Ramah. And he wrote um, Hasagas on the uh, very strong ones on the Teres Chatas. He wasn't happy with the Sefer. He calls his Hasagas, his edits, and his questions, Vikuach Mayim Chaim. The Taisus Yantif also wrote Hagois or Hasagas on the Teres Chatas. He calls it Teres HaAsham. And the Shail Meshev, Rabbi Yosef Shal Natanzen, he wrote a Sefer to answer up most of the questions that, um, the, that they asked on the Teres Chatas. And we'll get to back to Reb Chaim, the brother of the Maral, in a minute or two. The next Sefer he wrote was the Dark Moshe. As we've mentioned many times, that really he was going to write a Pirush on the tour to bring all of the Sugyas and the Rishainim, and then the Beis Yosef, so to speak, beat him to it. And he writes, Vazniv Halti, and he says, I was very to tumult, that Shepoyal Reik Alisi, that I worked for nothing, and Shiagati Larik, and I toiled for nothing, Vishinim Gazalti, and I stole my sleep for no reason. 
But then, as we know, we mentioned this other times by the Levush and other cases, he saw that the Beis Yosef, first of all, didn't go with the rule of going with the Basra. He went only with the Rif, the Rush, and the Rambam, and whoever was the majority, which is usually the Rif and the Rambam, Kenega the Rush, because usually they go together, and he didn't include the Baliyataisvis. Um, and what happened to the to the Ashkenaz, the Chachmei Tsarfas, all the Baliyataisvis, Marami Rutenberg? How come the, the Beis Yosef didn't take them into account? So therefore, he realized that he needed a Sefer, so he changed it a little bit, and he made it what's called the Darke Moshe Ha'aruch, the lengthy Darke Moshe. This is when you open a page of Tor, you have the Beis Yosef on one side, the Tor in the middle, Beis Yosef, Bach, and on the bottom you have the Darke Moshe. That's not what we're referring to. In the back of the Sefer is the Darke Moshe Ha'aruch, the lengthy Darke Moshe, where he brings much more of the Rishonim that the Beis Yosef did not bring. Then he made a kitzer, a shortened version. Those are hagois. These are edits on the Beis Yosef himself. And that's what you see at the bottom of your tour. That's really called the Darke Moshe HaKotzer. Then he put out a sefer. He wanted to make a Shulchan Aruch. But again, the Beis Yosef beat him to it. However, again, the Beis Yosef again only went with his, with his, um, with his Psakim. And the Darke Moshe, and the Ramah writes that he based his edits his Hagois on the Darke Moshe, and he writes the Beis Yosef and his Shulchan Aruch, they set a table, set a table, it's called a Shulchan Aruch, a set table, to teach the Minhagim. He says, however, the problem is that they don't give the Minhagim of Ashkenaz, they don't give our Minhagim, he doesn't give our Minhagim. So he says, therefore, I'm going to put the mappa, the tablecloth, on the table to show you the Minhagim that the way we are accustomed to have minhagim in our countries. So that's why the Sefer, what we call the Rahman Shulchan Aruch, he called it Hamapa, the tablecloth on top of the set table. Um, and this is one of the things of the Ramah, he was very into minug, very into minug. Um, he, he says, he's the one who, who, who coined the term in Arachayim Reish Sadiches, The minig of Klai Yisrael is Taira. He's talking about how to bend your fingers um, to look Bairim Oreish. Matzah Shabbos says the minig of Klai Yisrael is to bend their fingers and look at their fingernails. Minig Yisrael Tairahu. And uh, in another place in Yaredeh at Sadi Gimel, he writes, we don't need this psak. We don't need this psak because the minig is already in all of these countries, like the like uh, like Rashi. Sometimes he would say a minig is not a minig that you should follow. He says in Gimel. Or in a different place, he says it's a minig bitois. So he wasn't just relying on minhagim. He would go and search through minhagim to make sure they had a strong foundation, but it played a very big role in his, in his psak. It's interesting because he had tainas on the Beis Yosef that he's only bringing the minhagim of Eretz Yisrael and the Svardim, and he doesn't have the minhagim of Ashkenaz. Um, now the Beis Yosef, I'm sorry, the Ramah held the Minig Ashkenaz was not just for Germany, it had already spread into Poland as well, and it was all one big Minig. That's how the Ramah seemed to deal with it. Um, Reb Chaim, the brother of the Maral, one of his big tainas on the Torah's Chattas was that he didn't differentiate between the Minhagim of Ashkenaz and the Minhagim of Poland, and he said, if the, you're so into the, that the, the Beis Yosef didn't take into account our Minhagim, how come you lumped all our Minhagim together? You should have differentiated between Minig Ashkenaz and Minig Poland in different things um, that, they, uh, that they are different. 
Um, <clears throat> now the Ramah writes in a few places, uh, this is Minog Iri, this is city, Minog of my city, my city of Krakow. For example, he writes that uh, in a famous one in Hilchus Erev Yom Kippur, that the meaning in my city is on Erev Yom Kippur, in the morning we don't say Avinu Malkeinu because it's like a Yantif, except if Yom Kippur is Shabbos, and we're not going to say Avinu Malkeinu a whole Shabbos still in the Ila, so then Erev Yom Kippur, Erev Shabbos in the morning, you do say Avinu Malkeinu. That's what he says, Kain Minog Iri, this is the Minog of, of my city. Another thing, a chiddush that the Ramah was mechadish in Psak was to find heterim when in a mokamat chak, when things are, are, are necessary, when it's a situation that calls for it, or a hefsid meruba, there's a, a, a big loss that you could be makel in those situations. Used to be very clear cut, asr mutter. In, uh, in, in Shulchan Aruch, the Ramah writes many times the minig is to be machmer unless it's a shasat chak or a hefsid meruba. And he writes that the Maram Mipadva once wrote to the once wrote to the Ramah and he says, I'll tell you a secret, but you can't really publicize it except to people who are snuim, like private people. He says that many times my psak will be based on how much the loss is going to be. And we, you know, in those days, a chicken, a animal, a, a pot of food, people, the, 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 for us it would be pennies, for them it was a livelihood, for them it was food for the week, and the Marami Padva seemed to agree with him that we paskined, um, a court, you could paskin Lafi the Hefzid. Again, Reb Chaim, the brother of the Mara, was very upset, and he said, if you're going to be Mater in a Hefzid Meruba, people are going to come to be Mekel, even a Hefzid Muat, and therefore you can't do such a thing. Lamaisa the Chassam Seifer used to say, Uvenei Yisrael Yoitzim Biyod Ramah, which means with a strong hand, Ramah Reish Mem Hey, but he would say it's a remez to the Ramah, Reish Mem Aleph, the Klai Yisrael Yoitzim Biyod Ramah, that's how we always pask in the Ramah, is our Paisek Achrayin, Halacha Kemoisai, and the Shla writes, Vadai Mina Shamayim Zochalazeh, the fact that we pask in Klai Yisrael, accepted to pask in like the Ramah, Mina Shamayim, he was Zoycha to such a thing. The Ramah, as we said, was Nifter and Lag Boimer Shin Lamed Beis in 1572. So according to our Cheshman, he was about 42 years old. Um, in the Taz, in Simen Tav Chaf, he writes, Shamati Mizokin Echad, I heard from an old person that he was in Krakow in the year Shin Lamed Gimel, when the Ramah was Nifter. Now that's a mistake. It wasn't Shin Lamed Gimel, it was Shin Lamed Beis. And Lag Boimer. And they had a question if they should say Tzidu Kadin or not. Because it's a day you don't say Tachanun. It's like a Yantif. Whenever you don't say Tachanun or it's a Yantif, you don't say Tzidu Kadin. And one Adam Choshev got up, says the Taz, and he said he heard from the Ramah himself that you say Tzidu Kadin and an Adam Gadol. The takeoff of Ruah Ramah, the Koram, everybody said Tzidu Kadin, the Koram and the Ramah because he was an Adam Gadol. Now, people like to say that there's a lot of gematrias, that the Ramah was Nifteran Lag Ba'imer, and he was 33 years old, in the year Shin Lamed Gimel, and he had 33 Svarim. The problem is that most of those things are not true. He was Nifter in Shin Lamed Beis, he wasn't 33 years old, it's Kemat not possible, because that means he would have become Rav of Krakow when he was like 12. 20 is already a Chiddush, 12 would be a little bit of an issue. Um, and uh, he didn't have 33 Svarim, so a lot of that is not is not real. But Lamaisa, he was Nifter on Lagba Imer of Shin Lamed Beis of fifteen seventy two, and in those days, for hundreds of years in Europe, the minig was that they would come to his kever on Lagba Imer. Throngs of people would come in Poland before the war. The train tickets were discounted in Poland. 
um, on Lagba Imer that people would come to, to get to Krakow um, in order that people should, the throngs of people who would come. The Minig of the Rabbanim for years, the Lashon of Rabbi Yosef Nechemya's Minig Rabbanim Oz for years was that they would darshan in the Beis HaKnesis of the Ramah and they would say a shtikl taira to answer up a, to answer up a shver Ramah, they would take a Ramah, they ask questions, and they would say shtikl taira to answer up the Ramah. Rabbi Yosef Nechemya Kornitzer and his drushes many times um, comes, and besides he has a lot of drush, and he talks about Menhagim of the Ramah, and Menhagim of the sitting of Krakow, but a few places he has also the shtikl taira that he said to answer up the Ramah, and the reason is, on this day of Lagba Oimer, Lahara is to show ki Moshe MS Visayrasa MS, that Moshe's MS and Tayrasa MS, and this is the Ramah, whose yard site, like we said, 449th yard site was An Lagba Oimer, Schusa Yogan Aleinu, Vial Kol Yisrael. Have a wonderful day, Kaltov, everyone.